0: What an introduction and an honor. Ooh, thanks. Well, my biggest hope today and my prayer today has been that you really won't see me up here at all. Uh, what Who I want to introduce you to today is your Jesus. Uh, he is here in this place, and if you would, pray with me. Thank you. Father, we can't do this without you. I pray that you manifest your presence and let your anointing fall. Your love for every individual in this room is so great. I pray that you give them ears to hear and eyes to see. I pray that you speak directly to their situation, right where they're at, and let them know that you do see, you do hear, and you will answer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, were you here last week? You got to hear Christopher give us a wonderful message. Uh, Our sermon series is Things Jesus Never Said and Christopher had the distinct privilege of letting you know that Jesus didn't say you'd always be happy. I have a great privilege today, too. I get to tell you more good news, that Jesus never said, you won't have bad days. Anybody have a bad day? Anybody start the morning off bad? If you have children, that's possible. I know arguments often happen in the car on the way here, so. Um, But yeah, Jesus never said you won't have bad days, and um we we all get caught up in some different things uh life uh we think that uh sorry i'm just i'm looking at some notes here but i want to make sure that i give you give you things straight here um so some people think when you go to church that that's what's going to change your life you i'm going to get right with god and things will never go wrong and that's not necessarily true Um, And that's why we're doing this series today. And this is a place, and I want to do something. I like my necklace. And it's okay if you're wearing jewelry today. But I want to do that because I want to be real. And I want each of you to know that we don't have to wear masks here. And that we will have bad days. And this is a safe place to bring those bad days those bad moments, the struggles, your relationship issues. It's a safe place. And so we want you to know that. Whoever does the will of my father will always get the best parking spots. No, but have you prayed for it before? And if you're a woman, we're really good at pointing them out to our husbands, right? Sorry, guys. If you lose my life, your life for my sake... You'll always look great in your swimsuit. We won't go there. Seek first the kingdom of God, and you'll never get a zip before prom. Probably not going to happen. Those always seem to happen right before family photos. Jesus never promised that you would be healthy, wealthy, thin. He never promised you'd keep your hair. We're not pointing fingers. He never promised you would never be turned down for a date, turned down for a job, turned down for a position in ministry. He never promised your friends wouldn't walk away from you at one time or another, even the ones you thought were your best ones. Pastor Adam just mentioned that today before we took communion. Jesus had some very close friends, and they all deserted him. Even Jesus had bad days. Jesus never promised you'd get the job. What he did promise was to his disciples when he was meeting with them in that upper room. He said, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. Man, that's pretty tough. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. Don't worry, there will be some good news. Jesus uses that that word, world, several times. This comes up in uh, John 16, if you want to turn to that. Um, He talks about the peace that he gives to us. Now, I just told you that he said, he told us we will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. But he also says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives. We kind of remember Christopher talked about this last week, that fish being out of the water and laying on the beach. The beach wasn't the place for that fish. That wasn't his natural habitat. He should have been in the water. But while he was laying on the beach, Christopher was telling us, well, maybe he just needs a nice newspaper to read. Maybe he'd like a cool drink. Uh, But that's not going to give him the satisfaction because he doesn't belong on the beach. And God, Jesus is telling us, we don't belong in this world. Now, before we know him, that's probably something we struggle with. A lot of us might not feel like we fit in especially in school, have mercy. We have uh, our friends, one of their sons is starting high school this year. And I can't imagine how difficult that is in the world nowadays. I was lucky to grow up in a country school. I think I graduated with a little over 70 people. And I know, go ahead. Burn Union? Okay. Uh, no booze, that's good. I'm glad it didn't get the same booze as the uh, the, the Bengals did. But anyways, um, it was... Growing up now is so much different. And even going to work, doing the things you do, getting out into the community, you might feel left out. Heck, even in your own neighborhood, maybe you feel left out that the the people around you are, maybe they click up or or either way. But you're looking for, for peace. And you're not seeing it. You don't know where, where to find that. You look in the wrong places. Uh, we look for the things. We try to make ourselves happy with the things that just don't satisfy. They give us a taste. But the thing is, it always has us coming back for more. And then you need more. You go for, you know, you're, you're trying to, to escape something. You self-medicate. There are things that you put into your life to numb the pain, dull the pain, or just... Uh, have so much fun that you you escape the pain but it always ends and there's only one that gives peace and jesus promises that he doesn't give peace like the world this is peace that passes understanding he came from the father to the world and he left the world and went to the father he says if the world hates you it hated me first you're not alone If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But you don't belong to the world. He has chosen us out of the world. Chosen to be stuck with us out of the world. And that's why the world hates you because it hated him first. But his prayer for these disciples and for us is not that God would take us out of the world. But to protect us while we're in it. And that is mind, body, and spirit. And you know, I I can see it on some of your faces when you get here on Sunday morning, you're beat up sometimes from the world, from your friends, from the devil, from bad choices that other people make, things completely out of your control. But Jesus says, don't take them out of the world. Protect them. Because I'm going to tell you later in this message, you have a purpose. Very truly, I tell you, this is John verses 16, or John 16, verse 20. Very truly I tell you, more good news, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Now the analogy he gives in verse 21 is a woman giving birth to a child. Who has done that? I have not. But you can tell me, and I've heard this, I am an aunt many times over, and I love my nieces and nephews, but a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. Uh, men, you know this, if you have a wife who's had a baby and you've been in the room, was that a lovely experience for you? I don't know. Maybe your hand was broken and she squeezed you. Uh, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Ladies, have you had epidurals? Has anyone not had an epidural? Wow. Bless you. Have you heard yourselves, or gentlemen, have you ever heard a woman say, or heck, even in the movies, as they're in the process of giving birth, I can't do this? Or. sure. Takes two. And I asked a friend this week, I said, do you really forget the pain? Ladies, do you forget the pain? There's the joy of having this baby in your arms. And my grandma said the same thing. You'll forget all about the pain. Now, I bet some of you will never forget the pain. But one thing you did not say was that the pain wasn't worth it. True? Our trials are definitely going to be painful. But I'm reading you this verse because Jesus is telling us you will weep and mourn, but your grief will turn to joy. Like a woman who gives birth to a child and has pain because her time has come, but when she has that baby in her arms, she forgets all about her pain. So it is with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you will rejoice. I don't know why I have a problem with that. I can't say rear-wheel drive either, but that's a different story. And you will rejoice. And no one will be able to take away your joy. No one will take away your joy. Knowing Jesus is so important because there is no way to escape pain and trouble in this world. It's there whether it's other people's terrible choices whether it's simply the fallen world because it was perfect adam and eve made bad choices we all suffer so there's sickness there's disease there's thorns on bushes and there's poison ivy that doesn't die you know no matter how well you try to manicure your yard there are bad things in the world people who make bad choices we make bad choices and there's also a devil who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's not a game, but we have hope. And everyone in this world is going to face trials and troubles, loss, grief, have mercy. Thank God for the babies that were born and are still around. There are babies that haven't been born, never did get a chance. There are babies that were born and didn't make it very long. And I'm sorry for those things. Those types of pain And hurts are in this world and without Jesus how do we do it I've been to funerals wondering the same thing hope hope is so important the trials are going to be here who are we going to walk through them with praise God if you have a friend he said it's better to have a friend than to be alone Two walking together one can help another one up we have that friend and we're stuck with him when we choose him. His name is Jesus Christ. And he will walk with you. And he will lift you up. And he will see you again. And no one will take away your joy. He has told us these things. It tells us in verse 33. Why? So that we can have peace. In this world, we will have trouble. Trouble. But he has told this t- told us this in advance so that we would have peace it makes me think of um, going into the doctor and you have to have a surgery and one of the things we always want to know is what's my recovery going to be like and if the doctor can tell us you know well you will have some pain but that will mean that there's healing taking place or it should last about this long it's in the knowing. Yes, you're going to have the pain of recovery, or you might have the pain of um, therapy, you know, different things that you have to do to get better after a surgery. But knowing that that pain will be there is helpful. And I believe Jesus does that for us here. He's letting us know in advance that these troubles will come into our life, lives in different forms. But he's telling us so that we can have peace in spite of those troubles. Now, he didn't say lighten this up a little bit, that you're always going to get that parking spot. He didn't say you'll never lose the Wi-Fi connection, which is a first world problem. Terrible. He never said you would never lose your loved one, never lose your job. He never even said that people would think like you, look like you, or drive like you. Can I get an amen? He never said your body wouldn't fail, that you'd always ace the test, and that you'd never have grief or loss. He didn't sugarcoat anything. And I think that's why you can trust him today. There's a lot of people that want to feed you Kool-Aid and cake with icing. And that's all good, but you'll always need more. Because the fact is, our pain that we stuff down and hide, it's still in there. And Jesus brings it out to the forefront. So pain is a promise. Struggling is certain. And suffering in this world is inevitable. Welcome to the family church where we lift you up after a hard week with words like this. But I'll tell you what, some of you are in the middle of a difficult season and that's okay. If we can't bring it here, where can we bring it? Our friends don't want to hear it anymore. The family, they have their own problems and drama, right? I think my family might be listening right now. Love you. But you know, we, we are going to struggle and this is where you can bring those struggles and and dump them out jesus says take on my burden and take on my yoke it's light why because he's right next to us in the thing if you've never seen it it's two oxen side by side and the strength that we don't have he makes up for it's and it's amazing process you don't have to raise your hand but if you want to you can in your heart some of you are in the middle of a difficult season Does anyone feel left out? How about overlooked? Simply rejected? All alone? This is real stuff. Have you lost your confidence in yourself, in humanity? Are you battling depression? It's okay. You need help to get out. Anxious? Bad news? Financial struggle? Considering bankruptcy? Do you have a health challenge? Mental, physical? How about relationship? We talked about that last week too, how easy it is for those relationships to fall apart. You know, when the pressure feels unbearable, and when you feel like you're doing more than humanly possible just to function, you're afraid you're hurting, and you're asking, where is God? Where is that peace? He told me I would have peace. Yeah, I'm weeping and mourning, but where's the other part of that promise? Where is God? A lot of people in the Word ask that. And I, I love that about the word and about the honesty. And that's why you are welcome to bring it here. Because if it wasn't for the honest characters, the people, they're not characters, they're real historical people. But still, if it wasn't for them and the Bible being honest with us, how would we ever uh, know you know that God can carry all of our burdens from crazy peter who was bold and in charge and blazing forward to emotional david who wrote the psalms and he's up one moment and he's down the next and you know god is great and oh my soul why are you so troubled within me you know it's great i love to hear that and people relate to the different people in the word because of their struggles psalm 31 7 tells us that god sees and hears, and these words are really important to me, especially if you see God as someone that's just out there, a religious figure, a dead icon, someone, an an idol, just he's out there, and I did before when I was younger. There was a God, but he was out there really far, and I certainly couldn't be his friend because I had things going on in my life that he wouldn't approve of, and it was easier just to to not even think about that, because I didn't want his rejection to everybody else around me. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe not everybody, but maybe someone that was important to you turned. But Psalm 31 7 says, You have seen my affliction, and you have taken note of my life's distresses. This is a God who is a friend. This is a God who sees and hears and answers. I said that in my prayer this morning because I think it's so important to realize that we have come to a living God. We have come to a true friend. He is real. His he's not a dead idol or a religious icon. This is the living God. And he will prove himself to you. I don't have to do that this morning. So I can relax and be confident in his word because he is the one who will convict and convince you in regards to to righteousness and sin and judgment It's what his word says his spirit is at work within you causing you to will and do according to his pleasure and he's the one that draws you into a relationship with him so what is the silver lining why are we going through these trials then why are we asking where is God well I can give you a couple of points and you can take these away but for sure God's gonna prove it to you himself but troubles trials and hardships prove our faith if you want to write that down feel free They reveal the depth of our faith. Now, I talked about um, having surgery after, uh, you know, you have surgery and then there's a recovery time. Uh, But there was another individual I've talked to and I've been praying for uh, one of her family members. And she had shared with me that um, this gentleman had been diagnosed with cancer. And what alerted him to the problem was pain would never have guessed that cancer was in his body, but he had pain. There was a discomfort there that finally got so uncomfortable that he went to the doctor. Have you ever been there? Who's feisty like me and doesn't like to go to the doctor? We're going to stretch it out until we're like laying on the floor. But that pain, God put into our bodies as a protection. You know, why don't you touch the hot stove and leave your hand on it? well, thank God. I hope you don't. If you do, there's something wrong with you. Adam, we might need to meet privately with those folks. But if you don't put your hand on the hot stove and leave it there because we're made with pain receptors to say, ah, that's hot. And you protect your body by knowing that. And the same with pain. What leads you to go to the doctor finally to give up and surrender is the pain might clue you in. It can tell us a symptom of illness. It can alert us to our weaknesses. Trials and troubles prove our faith by alerting us to weaknesses. Who's gone to the gym? Anyone in here? Did you think you were going to be amazing? And you didn't want to look too um, wimpy, so you lifted a little more than you should have? Hmm. Couldn't get your hands up the next day? Couldn't walk on your legs the next day? It's because your muscles were weak. But the pain alerted you to that your muscles after a workout are sore because you are growing them and then yeah they need time to rest now the the followers of Jesus their faith was proven very seriously it wasn't about a workout it wasn't necessarily an illness but they were persecuted physically his followers in 60 to 65 AD so this was obviously after his death that's what AD means to me after death and emperor Nero was persecuting the Christians so here they had had this wonderful time with Jesus then of course he was crucified but he rose again they saw him their joy was restored and now this persecution why wasn't it all win 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 well for one thing the Lord had told them to spread out and share the news and like we all do We all grouped together. The disciples started grouping together. It was safe there. It was comfortable. When persecution happened, it was like Gordon Ramsay smacking the fish. Have you ever seen him do that? Sorry, I love Master Chef. But Gordon Ramsay, when something's not cooked right, he'll smack it and they're like, that's terrible. And it splatters everywhere. But the trial was like, pa to the disciples, and they dispersed. They spread. And with that, the word spread. The good news spread. And so you see, their trouble and persecution became someone else's salvation and joy. They were wrapped in animal skins and fed to hungry dogs. They were covered in wax and burned like candles in the gardens of the pagans. This is like bad. Crucified upside down, shipwrecked, bitten by snakes. Why would they continue? To preach Christ where was this good news because the question was no was no longer where is God they knew the Holy Spirit had come and he's living inside of them and we get that gift too the question they had already answered though was who is God and that is the question that each one of us has to answer who is Jesus we sang about it today, the very first song. I'm trying to think of the words because I wrote them down. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is stronger? That song isn't really asking the question. That song is being sung by someone who already knows. It was written by someone who already knows. First Peter 1.6, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show your faith is genuine. Do you know that? That there's genuine faith? And if there's genuine faith, then there's counterfeit faith. Being able to say who Jesus is to you eliminates counterfeit faith. Counterfeit faith says, well, my parents are Christians. Counterfeit faith says, well, I pray. Counterfeit faith says, well, I'm not Buddhist or Muslim, so I must be. No, trials and troubles have a way of proving to you if your faith is real or not. Just like putting on a costume doesn't make you Superman. If you want to jump off the top of a house, a roof, are there boys or girls in this room who did that? Men and women as children who thought, I can fly. Jumped off the roof, put on the little cape. I have to admit, I did that to my nephew. We had watched Mary Poppins. And my nephew was only five years younger than me. So we were out on my deck of the house, and I had an umbrella. And I said, if you hold on to this and you shout, Mary Poppins, you will just float down. He didn't. And then his face was like, I said, but he didn't shout Mary Poppins. There was another Mary at the time, and he shouted Mary Muffins. And so that's why I said, well, that's why it didn't work for you. The thing is, if you're wearing a costume and not the real uniform, it's going to find you out. If you're in the military, you wear real armor. You wear a real uniform, you have a real weapon. If you're not, and you're just playing the part, you'll be found out. Jesus told a parable about a sower who sowed seed, and you probably remember there's different kinds of soil. There was good soil, and the seed took root, but there were also, there was thorny ground, worries and cares of this life were like those thorns that choke out our faith so the seeds always being dropped and i pray that today as i speak to you you feel that seed being dropped and that it is falling on good soil i know it is but just know that your cares and worries can choke that seed out you can focus on that and forget who jesus is but we're going to talk about who he is the soil might be shallow trouble and persecution comes and those believers quickly fell away? Who is God? Well, let's talk about some of these believers. Well, there was the crowd. Do you remember the big crowd that followed Jesus as he preached? But he even said to them, You're only following me because I fed you. So he was a meal ticket. That's what the crowd thought. Some of them, others received miracles, but let's just say a lot of the people, because there weren't a lot following him at the end, Where he was a meal ticket. What about his neighbors in his hometown? You get too familiar with someone, you can kind of miss the fact that he could be someone special. Who did they say he was? Oh, isn't that the carpenter's son? Who do you say he is? The carpenter's son. My meal ticket. The Pharisees, competition. But then there were the disciples and he had to show them who he was because he knew there would be troubles and trials and we are his disciples he promises to do the same for you and me he is going to show us that we can trust him and we will be so secure and many of you already are but we can be so secure in who he is that it doesn't matter how hard the wind blows how hard the storms come he is God, he is in control, and we will feel that peace, I promise you. So the disciples had to learn too, and I love this. In Mark 4, 36, you read that, my favorite part, it might be in the NLT, but also in the Amplified Version, it just simply says that they were, Jesus had been finished preaching, and they were going to get in the boat, and it says the disciples took him with them like a like a piece of luggage it just reads so generic they took Jesus with them in the boat like okay they probably took food and supplies as well but in the midst of that journey a storm hits and now these disciples who among them are well-versed fishermen They know the ways of the sea. They know what what to do when a storm comes up to keep that boat from flipping. Even they were freaked out by the storm. It was so terrible. And the boat is rocking. It's being swamped by the waves. And where is Jesus? Asleep. Have you ever asked that? You're being swamped. The wind is blowing you're going to drown. You need him to show up. Where is he? Where is Jesus? Well, he's asleep. So they fight it out with all their strength. And finally, when they are overwhelmed and can no longer, they realize they can't do it on their own, they call out for him. Guilty. And he stands up, rebukes the wind and the waves. Be still. And it's calm. And the disciples are, are asking themselves again that question because they say, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So they knew him as a teacher, they saw his miracles. They were a little thick headed, and so are we, because he fed multitudes at least twice. And they're still like, where are we going to get the food? And it's like, oh, yeah, right, he can bless it and break it, and now we can feed many people. But even then, in that travel, that journey, they're like, who is this? It's like a light bulb moment for them, but it took that trial to draw out that truth. Do you get it? It took that trial to draw out that truth. Now, the devil's going to try to convince you about a lot of things. Your troubles and trials, he's going to start whispering things like, well, then God can't be a good God. Whatever lie. The thing that trials and troubles do for us is that they do prove truth, who God is. And when you've walked through a trial with him, no one, not even the devil, will convince you otherwise. And do you know what power that gives you? When you know that you know somebody, and you can trust them and lean on them, a rock that can't be shaken, there is a confidence and a peace in that that cannot be taken away. It's phenomenal. And that's what Jesus does. So the disciples said, who is this? They're learning. They're learning. He's more than a teacher. He's a miracle worker. Now wait. Later in First Peter, you can even read it. Jesus says, who now? It's towards the end, right before he's going to be given up and crucified. Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of God. And he says, Peter bar Jonah, now you got it. Psalm 103, David, David for goodness sakes he's running for his life he waited years to receive the promise and he says let all that I am praise the Lord may I never forget the good things he does for me how's that possible are you being tossed by the waves do you get a migraine and think God doesn't love me rejected for a job school well God's not real Someone you know and love dies. I can't trust him. No, a faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. And this is going to help you have a genuine faith. The hardest thing I've been through, let's get real. I lost my mom when I was 16. I had just turned 16. I was fairly sheltered. She was the kind of mom that still got me up in the morning made my lunch before I left for school. I didn't have an alarm clock because she was. Never learned to wash and iron clothes until I was in my twenties because she had always done it for me. At least the ironing. Took me to about twenty five till I realized you put water in it so that the wrinkles go away. But my mom was a really great woman and of course after people pass away then they become even more amazing, you know, in your eyes. But she could push by buttons too. And that morning, as a 15, just turned 16-year-old gal, I got up and left angry for school, grabbed the lunch my mom had packed, and walked out the door slamming it. She had already gone back to bed. Didn't say goodbye, didn't remind her that I loved her. But about noon, after I'd gotten back from driver's ed, I was called to our office in the school. And I walked in, and my stomach sank because my sister was there, my older sister, and she's uh, 12 years older than me, the one that was there. And she looked over at the guidance counselor, and I'm like, this is different. I'm never called to the office, and this is really weird because my sister's here, and now I feel something has happened. And the guidance counselor said, just tell her. And my sister said, our mom is dead. That was unbelievable. And maybe some of you have been in that. It was a shock. She had died suddenly that morning of a brain aneurysm. And she was just gone, just gone. And my words were, not my mom, not my mom. And my, I was already crying. Have you ever done that? You just, you, you know it's true. But you're trying to tell yourself no. And I want to share that with you because it, it was an awful dark time. And I loved my mom and I lived with her and my stepdad. So it's like she was my everything. She was really my best friend, even though she could push my buttons because who doesn't have a best friend that doesn't also like make you crazy. But. And, and she was strict. You know, she had rules and expected things of me. But I knew she loved me because of that. And to make my lunch and to do all these things and someone I could talk to about anything. And, may, and maybe you don't have that or didn't have that. And that's okay. But think of someone in your life that you did or you do have that with. It's a really special relationship. And for her to be gone, it took my whole world away. And not only did it take my world away, but I soon learned that I would have to move out of my house because my father wanted me to live with him. And that was right. He was my parent. I hadn't known him very well, but I was going to get to know him, and God knew that too. So for three days and three nights, truly, I cried. And by the third night, I didn't have any water left in my eyes, but my body was still. Have you ever had grief that bad? I know you have. This is just my story, but I know it affects a lot of you too that have been through the same thing, that grief that makes you cry, and your body is still going through the motions, even though you don't have tears left. But that third night, I had my Bible out. I hadn't been in church, but, but I had gone to, to a Bible school a couple of times. My grandmother had taught me some prayers and a few songs, and my grandma had given me a King James Bible. And it didn't matter that I couldn't understand some of it. I was in the Psalms, and I was reading. Man, thank God for David. Thank God for his trials. Boy, he said a lot of the things that were on my heart. He said a lot of things about the darkness and the grief and trying to get out of that and how closing in it was. But then he said that there was this God and this peace. And that third night, that peace hit me. And it was, I could feel it. I stopped crying. And I had joy. And I didn't know how this is possible. But it was because of Jesus. That is who he is. And I gave it to him. Like, I can't say that's true for everyone in my family. I believe they've done so by now, but not at first. A lot of, there were a couple that were definitely angry at God. And, and they've worked through that. But for me, I turned to him. And that made all the difference. And I heard him. And I don't know that I've heard him this clearly since. And that's one thing I'll tell you about your trials. You can hear a lot better. His voice. And he said, everything that she was, the good stuff, let me be. And I took him at his word, and I said, okay. And that has made all the difference. Who is Jesus to me? Friend. Never will leave me. Sees me through the darkest times. A faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. Ease and comfort won't make you grow strong. You want to talk about the gym again. When you go to the gym, what increases your strength there? Resistant. You're lifting weights that you don't normally lift. Trees grow tall and strong. Why are they so strong? It's the wind. If there was never any wind blowing against that tree, they would never grow strong enough to hold their boughs because those are heavy. If you had any come down in the recent storms, you're not going to drag that back to the burn pile. You've got to cut that up because the branches are so heavy. But it's the wind, it's the resistance. What I want to remind you of is what helped me too. When you go to the gym, you don't just work out. You have to feed your body. The better quality of the, the nutrients, the protein that you use, the better your muscles are going to perform. Does anyone know this? It's okay if you don't. of the food is what determines your results. This is true. I did bodybuilding once, just once, took pictures that way. I never have to do it again. But 80% of your results are going to be in the food, so you better follow the right diet. The word is what we need to be feeding on. The word is truth. And when we put in the right things, the word of God, knowing his promises, wow, If you don't know his promises, you can't apply them. If you don't have the healing salve, you better find someone who does. And I pray that that's what you get today. I do. I pray that God himself manifests his presence to you, that he makes himself very known to you, that you pick up the word of God and read it and know it and say, prove it, because he will. Faith Troubles and trials, sorry, troubles, trials, and hardships prove your faith, and they prepare you for your purpose. It could be packaged as pain. Pastor Adam mentioned this with with Joseph. He was sold into slavery, falsely accused, but he was in the perfect position when the time was right to save a nation. David defeated Goliath, not because he was so strong and amazing, but he had been out in a field with sheep trying to protect them from bears, and lions and he did he was equipped for battle preparing P- Peter to preach at Pentecost he denied Christ and Christ restored him the word prepares us for battle troubles and trials not only teach us truth but they prepare us for battle you've read the verse of put on the full armor of God it's a real thing. And again, I'll say, if you're putting on a costume, you will know the difference. It will find you out. But put on the full armor of God so that you're prepared because the days are evil. So let me pull this together because Adam told me I can't preach till 1 o'clock, but there's so much to this. Jesus contrasts two things. What, what we want to get to today is there's being in the world And there's being in Christ. And we are all starting out in the world. But here's this good news. We can be in the world, but in Christ. We're not of the world. And when people can see that working inside of us, they can be set free now my story is about my mom who i love dearly but i can tell you looking back a path that looked rocky and windblown and storm-tossed when i look back through the cross of christ it was a straight line she passed away i moved in with my dad i got to know him better because i moved in with him which I honestly was not my first choice, but God gave me peace about that. I moved in with him, got to know him. Because I moved in there, I started going to a church. Because I started going to that church, I decided to go to a little college in Kentucky called Asbury. Because I went to Asbury, I met a friend who went to the church across the street, and I learned what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to know that helper close and empowering. And because I went to that church I met my husband who also showed up there on his own crooked path but God brought him back to the same place and I can look back and say thank you no I'd love to have my mom around to see me get married to do the things that moms do but wow did Jesus ever restore me and I know where she is they talk about store up your treasure in heaven she's one of them and I will see her again but how God has brought me so far and how the devil can't lie to me he won't convince me of things that I've learned in my low valleys convince me of he tries to trick you about God's character he tries to cloud your vision But when you've been through the valley with Jesus and you see that he has mud on his feet too, you don't believe the lies of the devil anymore. Your prayers are much more powerful because you trust the word of God. So I want to tell you this morning, there's a couple quotes I really like. Ravi Zacharias is one of my favorite guys. And he says that I have confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. See, he knows who Jesus is. I have confidence in him and his power, even when it doesn't serve my end, when it doesn't serve my plan. My confidence remains in him because of who he is. And my friends, that is the question you need to settle in your heart today and in the days to come. Trials and troubles will bring it out like a salve will bring out poison. Troubles and trials will bring out all of that and let him prove who he is to you and the truths that the devil won't be able to stand on. We too can rejoice. Romans 5. Yes, come on up worship team. We too can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for they know they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope and salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. The light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it or put it out or absorbed it. Here's the invitation today, friends. The good news isn't that Jesus saves us from our pain, although he can and he will walk through it with us. The good news is that Jesus saves us from our sins. And nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. No depth, no height, no sin, nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of Christ. And every promise in his word, and you better be in his word, is meant for you. Apply them to your life today. Let the trial prove your faith. Let it prepare you for your purpose let your trials correct your path and confirm your hope and let them equip you to fight the darkness craig grishel is a guy that adam likes to a pastor that adam likes to defer to at times and he even said i don't have all the answers but here's what i can say i've walked with jesus for enough yesterdays to trust him with all my tomorrows. That's another man who knows who Jesus is, and he is not hiding himself from you. Come get to know him today. There are people here who want to pray for you. If you just want some confirmation in your faith, if you just want someone to pray his promises over you, come on up. We have our prayer team here. We're all family, we're all friends. Like I said, I took my necklace off earlier because I want you to know we're real here. Take off your masks. Just be real and know that Jesus loves you just where you are. He won't leave you that way. Thank you, Jesus. I ask now that you touch the folks here, God, that you pour your healing balm over them in every place that they hurt, God, whether it's grief and loss of a loved one, whether it's loss of a job or loss of hope altogether, God, whether they're in that deep darkness of depression that feels so sticky and helpless, Father, you are the light. You are the rescuer. You are the forerunner, the savior. You are the one who calms the sea. You are the one who asks each one of us, who do you say I am? God, reveal yourself in hearts and minds today. Those of you who have eyes to see, see. Those of you who have ears to hear, hear. He is with you. Amen. Let's worship and come forward.